Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. James chapter 5, verse 17. Elijah was a man just like us. It doesn't say Elijah was just a man. It says Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. But verse 18 says again. Again he prayed. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its crops. We're going to preach a message this morning entitled, Send the Rain. It's very simple. Would you say that to a few folks around you just so they'll remember the title? Send the Rain. Now let us pray. Father, we are congregated here today to hear the word of the Lord. That's what we're hungry for. And we recognize that scripture that says that there would be a day that there would be a famine for the word of the Lord. And Father, we are a people that refuse to live in a futile famine season regarding your word. As a matter of fact, we lean forward in faith. And with faith, there is expectation, anticipation, excitement, enthusiasm, because we know if we can just get a word from you, everything in our life will change. So send your word today, and we thank you, God, for making a difference in all the lives of these people today. Now, I bind every generational spirit and break every generational curse in the name of Jesus, and we release blessing in this house a blessing that goes through not the third and fourth generation but to a thousand generations that kind of sustained blessing on every family here have your way today speak lord your servants are listening and we say we not only need you we want you more than anything in the name of jesus one more time Before you sit down, give God the biggest praise that you've given him all day long. Father, we bless you. That's pretty good, y'all, but I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, let's move something here. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We've said it before that the spirit determines the atmosphere. And the atmosphere determines the climate. The climate determines the soil. And the soil determines the harvest. So if the spirit ain't right, the harvest will not be right. We have to have the spirit right first. And by saying that, we are saying, Holy Spirit... We are on your agenda. Right now, we don't even have a program. We just want to follow what you want to do in our services. Somebody say it again. Have your way, Lord. When we read James chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18, I think we all recognize those of you who have somewhat of a theological background, meaning you've served the Lord for a while. that these verses of Scripture refer to a few chapters in the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, and we will allude to them later on in this message. But when you read verse 17 and 18 of James chapter 5, he is speaking about a season where a drought had hit Israel during the time of Elijah. The drought is a result of two things. Listen to me carefully. 
people's sin and a prophet's prayer. The drought is a result of two things. Israel's sin and Elijah's prayer. I'm thinking about the drought that we are in now. Now I want to bring you to the proximity of what I'm referring to. I'm not talking about the nation. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about right here in Oklahoma. Can I bring it closer to you? Right here in Norman. Right here in Oklahoma City. I noticed something when I moved to Oklahoma four years ago. And this is no secret to you, native people from Oklahoma. Everything about the weather here is extreme. There's nothing normal. It's extreme. It's not just ice, but an ice storm. Ice storms that break trees in half. I remember the ice storm, <laughs> the last one. And when I would open my back door, it sounded like 30-06 rifles going off. And I thought, what is that? And I realized, my God, that's my trees breaking. It's not just snow. It's not just going to snow. There's going to be tons of snow. And you all know we don't have a breeze up here. If the wind's going to blow, it's going to blow hard. Not just cold, but 20 degrees below zero cold. Do y'all know we hit that? 20 degrees below zero. I, I thought, God, are you sure? about this call. And now, it's not just hot. <laughs> it's record heat. Somebody said the other day, it's 109, but it feels like 116. I said, what do you care after 100? It might feel like a, you get, they're trying to get it right down to the number. feels like a 116. And I'm thinking, no. It feels like 150 if you want to put a number on it. You're breathing heat. Between the weather and the pandemic, we sure have been inside a lot. I was thinking about River the other day. You know, we took him to Florida, and it's like it's the first time he's been out. He's looking at the, the beach, the ocean, and people. The only time he sees people is on Sunday. And he comes in here and looks at all of you, and he's going. <laughs> I was reading concerning Oklahoma that um, there was one weatherman that wrote this down. The farmland is almost entirely non-irrigated in Oklahoma. The farmers here totally depend on rainfall for the crops. So we have to have rain to have crops. Almost the entire state of Oklahoma right now is under extreme or exceptional drought conditions. Almost all. In January, it was 90% of Oklahoma was under extreme or exceptional drought conditions and it's still over 75% of the entire state. Now when you com combine that with the heat, that weather pattern with intense sunshine, the soil across this state is drying up at a level that this state has never seen, ever has ever seen in its whole history. 
The world, the globe, is hotter than it's ever been in history. No, I am not going to talk to you about global warming, for that would be political. Or would it be? Who cares? It's hot. When you have a 18-month-old baby that steps outside and all he can say is, hot. <laughs> hot, doesn't he, baby? Hot. As soon as you step outside with him, hot. When a baby is telling you it's hot, Jesus said out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. <laughs> It's the hottest temperatures across the globe in history. This is the hottest year on record. Drought. I said, Lord, give me a prophetic perspective. And I'm just the kind of preacher that believes things that are happen, happening in the natural are really signs of what's going on in the supernatural. I believe if you pay attention to the times, if you pay attention to what's happening in the earth, things in the natural, you'll start seeing what's going on in the supernatural. So I ask God to give me a prophetic perspective. The first place I was taken was to Haggai chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible says, God speaking, I have called for a drought. I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain. Listen to it. Listen to these words. I've called for a drought on the grain and the new wine and the oil. On what? Grain, new wine, and oil, I called for it. I called for a drought on what the ground brings forth. Separate. Separate. I also ca called for a drought on man and beast. And a drought on all their labors. Generally speaking, in scripture, a drought represented a curse. And rain represents blessing. The presence or absence of rain represented God's judgment or God's blessing. Until you've been through a drought, you really can't appreciate rain. Jackie, who is a member of our church that we love dearly, texted me the other day and said, can you help me with some hay? I think the McGregors have one bale left. And we happened to know where we could get some hay, and Josh and I loaded up, and we took her a bunch of hay for her horses. She was just thrilled about receiving it. Here's the deal, folks. We don't have a hay problem. We have a rain problem. If you have a rain problem, you have a drought problem. A drought is when everything dries up. Your grass turns brown. Your bushes get brittle. Your pond begins, begins to empty. My pond, I have a pond at my house and it's almost dry. Now I'm thinking, where are those fish hiding? Listen to me carefully. When drought becomes a problem, famine is the result. Say it again, Pastor Rick. When drought is the problem, famine is the result. People can be in a drought spiritually, and you will never know it. The church in general has been in a spiritual drought. 
Are y'all with me right now? Let's go back to the earth. Drought kills vegetation. Famine kills you. A drought will destroy the produce. A lack of produce means you can't live. When you bring that into the spirit realm, a spiritual drought results in depression. It manifests itself in weariness. It shows up in frustration and irritableness. It lands in disassociation. And it finalizes itself in isolation. Spiritual drought is a very dangerous condition. When you learn to survive it, when you survive spiritual drought, if you're not determined to exit it, you will learn to live with it. When you've learned to live in the behavioral patterns of surviving drought, you will settle there, and if you settle there, you will never reach the full efficacy of all God ordained you to be. You cannot afford to stay in spiritual drought. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 68, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Psalm 68 verse 6, the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Psalm 68, verse 6. The rebellious dwell in a dry land. I don't know about you, but this insinuates to me that if you stay dry or live in a drought long enough, rebellion will be your final state. But it also says to me, if you live in rebellion long enough, a drought will be your perpetual condition. Both of those things tell me that rebellion and drought have something to do with each other. Hmm. We live in a time in history, help me Holy Ghost, where we've never seen obstinance at this level. We've never seen rebellion at the level we see it today. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we find the problem. In other words, what caused this drought? Some of you think you know, but you don't know, and you're about to know. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, is where we find the problem and why the drought showed up. It came to pass... After many days, help me, Holy Spirit, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And he said, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. The drought was a result of King Ahab allowing Jezebel to establish the worship of Baal among the people of Israel. Help me, Jesus. And God says to Elijah, I am not sending rain until you confront Ahab. Y'all just missed that right there. The rain is not coming until you confront Ahab. Ahab is married to a woman who was a plant by the enemy. She's not part of Israel. She has no history with Israel. The enemy planted her 
in Israel by connecting her to Ahab. Jezebel, we know something about in this church. We've preached a whole series on it. Let me give you a reminder about this old girl. Jezebel is a spirit, see? The book of Revelation says concerning Jezebel that God gives a warning to the churches because you've not addressed Jezebel. The Jezebel spirit wants connection but will never enter into covenant. The Jezebel spirit wants association without authority. The Jezebel spirit wants alliance without accountability. Ahab, the king of God's people, married this spirit. This woman's not going to settle with connecting with just anyone. She wanted to connect with someone that had the influence. Preach here. The first thing she did when she finally was married to King Ahab is destroy the worship of the people. She influenced him to influence them to worship Baal. 1 Kings 21, 25 says, No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight like Ahab did. And he did it under the influence of his wife, Jezebel. Well, I'm going to take a pause and a tangent. There ain't nobody that's got influence on their husbands like wives do. Let me say it another way. No one influences men like women. Women, you be very careful how you try to throw uh, in your windows at your husband about certain situations. He will act all tough and bad like he ain't listening, but it's going right into his heart. Pillow talk ain't no joke. I'll leave it there because some of y'all need to think about that. The spirit of Jezebel doesn't care what you worship. Just do not worship God. I'll conclude this thought by saying when the church gets ready to confront Ahab, God gets ready to send rain. Ahab is a compromising, negotiating, passive spirit that is non-confrontational when it comes to issues that matter to God. This produces, I'm going to go Louisiana on you, chicken pastors. Back in the day, if you refused to fight someone, you was called a chicken. This generation is full of chicken pastors. will ignore issues, will run from spirits, afraid of losing the big tither. Hmm. Ahab has to be dealt with. The compromising passive spirit that negotiates convictions and principles at the table of compromise must be dealt with. That's where we are today. And when pastors and churches rise up and say, this is where we stand, how we stand, and why we stand, then you'll start seeing a momentum and a move in the spirit of God because God will begin to send the rain. Throw your hands up and shout, send the rain, Lord. 
See, without rain, rain has a purpose. Deuteronomy 11, verse 14 says, I will give you rain on your land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that you may gather your corn, your wine, and your oil. There it is. The very thing God said rain is for in the book of Deuteronomy is the very thing he shut down in the book of Haggai. The reason he shut it down in the book of Haggai, if you read chapter 1, is because people lost priority. They begin to put emphasis on their house instead of God's house. Oh, it's going to get quiet now. They begin to put more emphasis on what they wanted than what God wanted. And God said, because you've ignored my house. See, preachers are afraid to say that. Because you live in a day that people want to tell you it's okay not to be part of a church. It's okay. Just stay home and be your, the church. See, the pandemic taught us the church is not that important. We're doing good. Oh, we're doing good. The Bible is thrown out of the courthouse. Prayer's still not back in school. We got one victory in Roe versus Wade, in my opinion, and God's opinion with me. Roe versus Wade being defeated is a victory for the body of Christ you might not believe that but I don't care I don't care you can't kill millions of babies just because you don't want them and expect God to pour favor out on you we lost about 15 right there but I'll keep going make sure we can get it up to about 50 today You can't kill innocent babies just because, don't miss what I'm saying, just because you don't want them and expect God to bless you. Woo. Rain is important because without rain, you don't have corn, you don't have grain, you don't have oil, you don't have new wine. And God said, I have cursed you because I have called a stop to the rain, which means your oil is affected, your wine is affected, your corn is, is affected. Let me break it down for you. When you talk about corn in the Hebrew, the first definition you're going to find is increase. The word corn means increase. So all of a sudden, you're not seeing increase because you've got so much compromise. When you talk about wine in the spirit or wine in, in the Hebrew, you're talking about the move of the Holy Spirit. Suddenly now there's a restriction of moves of God in the earth. There's a restriction on your oil. Oil is always symbolic of the anointing. And we're wondering why we have services, but there's no move of the Holy Spirit. We have services, but there's no anointing up behind it. We have services. Are y'all in the building? But we're not seeing increase. We're not seeing increase in our families. We don't feel the anointing in our homes. The Holy Spirit is not dealt with and felt anywhere we go. We don't have the counselor and the comforter. Every, the paraclete seems to have dismissed himself. Why? Because of the things we've not stood for. Not the things you stand against, but the things you do not stand for. God is good. When we do not have rain coming down, we lack an increase. Boy, I got some mad people in me right now. Whew. You have your opinion, I have mine. All right, let me go ahead. When I look at this passage of scripture and I think about the corn, the grain, the wine, and the oil, you can't have church without that. The church demands increase. The church must have a move of the Holy Spirit. 
the church is just an event if you take out the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Throw your hands up high and shout, send the rain. Hold them up. Now hold your hands up and say it again, send the rain. Now hold your hands up and say this, without rain, there's no increase. Without rain, there's no wine. Without rain, there's no oil. So send the rain. If you want to give him praise right there, give him praise. For the sake of time, I'm going to jump down to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Whew. And read this to you. And Elijah confronted Ahab. He said, get up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Prophetic preparation and prophetic position. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Now let me just say something to you. Woo. Don't expect the sound of what you hear to affect everyone the same way. Woo. This sound meant everything to Elijah and meant nothing to Ahab. When God is sending signals and sounds and you are comfortable to be casual and dining and eating and being merry instead of positioning yourself for what God is about to do, we call that a polarization of persons. There's two kinds of people in the church today. Those that hear it and those that do not. And Elijah cast himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now. Look toward the sea. And the servant went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and get down, that the rain does not stop you. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. But the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and he outran Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Several things I'm going to point out and I'm going to stop because I know it agitated some folks here. It's a sign in the natural of what's happening in the supernatural. That little rain showed up the other day. It started coming down. I was on my back porch. I said, Lord, send it right here. I called Josh. I said, is it raining there? He said, no, sir. I called my brother. I said, is it raining there? They live 10 minutes from me. My brother said, it's pouring down. I said, what? He said, it's pouring down, brother. Listen to it. I could hear the rain. I called Josh. I said, you still ain't got no rain. I still don't have no rain. I said, me either. I know Randy is not more favored than we are. And in a minute, Randy called and said, it stopped raining here. Is it raining there? And I said, no. And I called Josh, and Josh said, it's raining here. I said, now hold up a minute, God. You done rained on Randy, rained on Josh, and I'm dry. That's how it is in church. The person next to you could be receiving an outpour of God's spirit. The person in front of you Receiving an outpour of God's spirit and you ain't feeling nothing. 
Somebody shouted, how bad do you want it? Some of you have not felt the outpouring of the Spirit of God in so long, you forgot what it feels like. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are about to get it again. Tell your neighbor, it's about to come down in this building. The Holy Ghost. Hold up, y'all. It's a sign in the natural of what's going on in the spiritual. God showed me he gonna pour out rain in a church right here and a church next door ain't gonna be feeling nothing. Notice this. Sit down one more time because we gonna run today. We gonna get us a runner today. Watch now. Elijah did not say, I see a cloud. He said, I hear a sound. Don't miss this. Faith comes by. It's not what you're looking at. It's what you're listening to. Come on in this building. It's not what you see. It's what you hear. The question is, what are you hearing? And I can tell you, you're only hearing what you're listening for. Not listening to. There's a difference in listening to and listening for. You are hearing what you're listening for. Jesus says, let him that has ears to hear, not eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. When you hear just right, oh Lord, when you hear just right, when you hear by faith, it moves you into position. Even if you was out of position, when you hear right, it moves you into position. The Bible says in verse 42, Elijah went up to the top of the mountain, watch it now, and he cast himself down to the earth and put his face between his knees. Now in Bible times, we call that the birthing position. When you hear right, get in the birthing position. What do you mean? Pray until you push something out. Pray until you feel something changing. Pray until you feel like something is being born. You got to push to have a baby. And the problem with church today is nobody tells you that. Nobody tells you you got to pray until. You don't even know what the word tarry means. The old saints used to say, let's tarry till something changes. Now if you have a prayer meeting that lasts over 15 minutes, everybody's going home and you're going to be left by yourself. But that's why Elijah sent this boy up that mountain seven times because he was not getting out of the birthing position until he got the sign of what he already heard. What has made you quit praying? I'm about done. Let me help you be careful who you share what you hear with. You can't tell everybody what you hear. Because most people look at you for information, not revelation. They ain't asking for something to be revealed. They want to be informed about something or somebody. That's why they act interested. They ain't interested in the revelation you carry in. They're interested in the information you will give them. That's why he said to this servant, go and look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing. Hmm. I'm going to say it again. You better find someone who can see what you hear. 
it would have been better if the servant said there's nothing yet. Don't come back and tell me there's nothing. I tell Josh all the time, Josh, don't tell me what we can't do. Tell me when we can do it. Y'all not hearing that. Don't surround yourself with people that continually tell you there is nothing, period. No, tell me you don't see anything yet. Because if you don't add that yet, it tells me you don't have the same expectation I have. He said, go again seven times. He went the seventh time, and you know the story. He came back. Well, he said, now I see something, but it ain't much. I see a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. Say this with me. A little is all I need. Tell your neighbor, a little will keep you running. Yeah. Some of y'all are looking for the big, dark, big big thing, this grandiose thing to show up. And my Bible says despise not the day of small beginnings. I don't need but just a little, just listen, if I can just get a little bit. What did the woman say? Just give me a crumb. I don't want the whole loaf. Just show me something. Can I be transparent with you? Can I be vulnerable with you? Thank you very much. I'm never that way, am I? I told Giovanna this morning, I said, I'm scared of this word. She said, why, baby? We getting ready there in the closet. Why, baby? I said, because I know what this word requires. She said, what do you mean? I said, this is the kind of word that will send a revival in a church. Before you start shouting, you better realize how much energy it takes to perpetuate revival. I'm tired of hearing people praying for revival that don't know how to sustain revival. The purpose of the man's hand, cloud, was to send abundant rain, something that would sustain. The question is, can you keep serving when you just see a little? Can you praise him with as much excitement over a man's hand as you can when there's abundance of rain? Can you keep praying hard, hard when everybody around you tells you there's nothing happening? See, and this is the test the church is in today. Can we really keep seeking God when nothing is being seen? When a church decides it don't matter what we see, it just matters what we've heard. And you really got a word, there ain't nothing moving you from it. Okay, I'm about done here. Watch this. I believe for you personally, everybody say this with me, just because I'm here. Now say it again with conviction. Come on. Just because I'm here, there's no one here on accident. No, not one of you are here. Some of you are mad that you came. Well, deal with God because God sent you here today. Every single one of you are here because all of your days were appointed before one of them came to pass. Say this with me, I'm here if I like it or not. That means this word is for you. Now let me tell you, I'm going to prophesy to you right now. There are things you've been trying to birth, things you've been believing God for. Can I tell you, you might be one prayer away from that thing breaking open. You might be one song away. You might be one day away from that thing breaking open. The Lord said to me, tell them prophetic provision. I said, Lord, what do you mean? And God spoke to me, when I break it open, it comes in a flood. It starts out small, but when I open it up, 
It's more than they can handle. That's why the Bible says when you bring your tithe and your offering to the storehouse, I'll pour you out blessings. There's not room enough to receive it. How can you get that much blessing from one window? How can you get that much rain from a little cloud the size of a man's hand? Throw your hands up and shout, I want it. Come on. Shoo. The Lord brought me to Psalm 68 and verse 9. You gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Weary, tired, and disgusted. Frustrated and irritable. Depressed and dry. Here's what I pray today. God, soak us. I pray, God, pour out your spirit to the point that everyone in this building leaves soaking wet with the spirit of God. I prayed for you. I said, God, saturate this entire sanctuary with your spirit. You know what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you? Don't pull out your umbrella. You know what that means? Don't say it's for everybody else and not me. That devil is a liar. It's for every one of us. And I came by to tell you, I hear the sound, not of rain. I hear the sound of abundance. What happens when God sends rain? The first thing, Tim, is it refreshes. Yesterday, when that rain started coming down, I could see my grass starting to dance. My grass started coming, started looking around like one blade of grass. Like, come on, come on, come on. Brown all around. One little green patch of grass. They was all standing up going, come on, come on, come on. And when God pours out his spirit, when God starts to refresh his people, one or two will jump up and say, I feel it. I feel it. And before long, the person next to him says, man, I feel that too. I don't know about you all, but I'm glad I serve a God I can experience, a God I can have an encounter with, a God I can feel. I'm telling you, if you'll start praying right now, you'll start feeling him right now. Here's the, here's the thing. Somebody shout, turn. If rain refreshes, then Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, change your mind and be converted that your sins are blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from where? The presence of the Lord. What does that say to you? That equi equates the presence of God with rain. In other words, the same thing rain does to grass is the same thing the Spirit does to people. The same thing rain does to trees, the presence of God does to us. And some of you have been so dry and you've learned to hide it. You dress cute. You come to church cute. You act like you're really feeling God and you ain't. Can I tell you I serve a God that's authentic? I serve a God that's genuine. He don't require superficial caricatures from people he wants you to be honest and say God I've been dry I've been in a spiritual drought if you'll just watch to be refreshed is to recover your breath I'm going somewhere with this stay with me in this ministry time Zechariah 10 1 says listen to it ask of the Lord rain in the time of rain. So the Lord will make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in his field. Once you are in his presence, keep asking for his presence. I cannot tell you how emphatic God was with me this morning. When I got up and I was praying at four o'clock and preparing this message, I cannot tell you how emphatic God was. It's like he got me and he shook me, Josh. And you know what he said to me? No one's asking. 
You have not. Because you ask not. It's almost like we as the people of God have gotten into a place that we're even afraid to ask God for anything because we think he might not do it. And God said, no one's asking. What father, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? What father, if his son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock, ask, and keep on asking. I was complaining to the Lord just yesterday. I'm lethargic, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm frustrated. Can I be that honest? I'm irritable with church people. I'm irritable with just going to church. And God grabbed me by the nap of my neck. And said, ask me. He said to me, you've not even personally asked me to do personal things for you. You've not asked me, Ricky. Ask me. Ask and you shall receive. Say it. Ask and you shall receive. Receive. When that rain started coming down yesterday, it wasn't very much. But, buddy, you should have heard me asking. I said, Lord, you should have never sprinkled on my land. Because now I ain't going to leave you alone until you pour out on my land. Take that personal. Lord, I should have never felt you like I felt you today. Because now I'm going to drive you crazy about pouring your spirit out all over me. Come on, church. How bad do you want it? I dare you to throw up your hands and ask him, Lord, touch me. Lord, pour out on me. Lord, rain on me. Lord, shower on me. Lord, move on me. Come on, ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Lord, touch my family.